Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back for a special session, special edition of the Minnesota Values Podcast. You thought we were done, but here we are. It's a special session, special edition. <laughs> Ta-da! So I'm Representative Liz Olson. And this is Representative Jamie Long. And we have with us today the chair of our E12 Education Committee. Welcome to the podcast, Chair Dabney. Thank you, Representative Olson. Glad to be here. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, tell us about the district you represent and a little bit about what listeners may want to know about your district. Sure. Well, I have the privilege of representing District 63A. That's part of South Minneapolis. Uh, I usually talk about it as South Minneapolis along the river. Uh, so it's a district that is very progressive in its politics, a uh, mix of, of working and middle-class families, uh, a lot of connections to places like the university, either it's, it's students, uh, staff, or faculty. Uh, it's, of course, just down the river from us. And I also uh, have the privilege of uh, representing people who care a great deal about the environment, a great deal about education, uh, transportation, a uh, number of high-ranking uh, issues in my area. And you've got a very active district that often has the highest turnout for Democrats in the state. Uh, last election, you were very close to the highest turnout. But if I recall, uh, District 61B might have edged you out. It it might have Representative Long, uh, but it 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 is. It's a it's a very active, very engaged different <clears throat> district uh, by one vote, if I recall. I, uh, <laughs> yes, if you really want to rub it in there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome. So one of the big priorities for our our Minnesota Values budget was the education funding and putting together a really great education bill. And we've talked about that on this podcast already, that we had two of our top 10 bills had an education focus. So it's great to have you here because that really is the benchmark of showing how Minnesotans care about one another is how we take care of our earliest learners all the way through graduation and beyond and set them up for success. So can you tell us about um, what our education bill was that, you know, a little bit about what passed off of our House floor as our original Minnesota Values budget, and then what we have at the end of session. I'd be glad to. Thank you. Uh, you're right. Uh, Minnesotans value education from early childhood on through college and beyond, and our budget bills uh, represented that. Uh, on the K-12 education level, our initial proposal was a $900 million investment in early childhood programming, uh, maintaining those voluntary pre-kindergarten uh, spots across the state for 4,000 little ones. It included a significant increase in the general education formula, 3% increase the first year, a 2% increase the second year. That's for every school in the, in the state. That's the strength of the general education formula. We also uh, lined up with Governor Walls on really tackling special education. It's an essential service for many of our students. It's an essential service that we provide it for those students. They benefit. We all benefit. But it also costs a lot of money, and we haven't invested in that, nor have the feds to the extent that we need to. So we proposed $90 million dollars. Uh, along with the governor, in additional special education funding just to hold that underfunding in place so that districts didn't sink deeper. We had a large number also of provisions that I would put uh, in, the, in the equity basket, uh, real commitment to recruiting, training, and then retaining teachers of color and American Indian teachers in the state so that the, that person at the front of the classroom increasingly looks more like those kids sitting in the classroom. 
number of other provisions around uh, school-linked mental health so that those services can be provided for students in the schools and so that the coordination can happen for that child across their teachers on any given day so that we can support those kids who need that the best. Uh, we had proposals for increasing uh, the number of school counselors and school nurses and social workers and school psychologists in schools because we know that we're well in the back of the pack when we look nationally on the ratios of the number of those key support professionals to students. And so when we, we look at the budget, we had an uh, incredible House proposal in terms of prioritizing education and making sure we were investing in our, our students. We have uh, Governor Walls, who's an educator himself, who mm -hmm. put forward a bold vision for education. And this was something that we fought hard for, both the House and the governor. How did we, how did we do in the budget deal when it came to education? You know, I've got to say we did well. The final budget bill invests $540 million in students and families and schools. Uh, now, that's, that's a meaningful difference from the $900 million that we first proposed, but it includes a 2% increase on the general education formula each year. We held to and achieved that $91 million in additional special education funding. That's important uh, for every student because it impacts every classroom in the state. It's also important from a financial point of view that it allows those school districts to keep that 2% increase each year and use it for general education purposes. They won't have to subsidize special education services with that money because we're, we're tackling that problem. And there'll be more tackling the challenge of special education underfunding in the future. So one of the things when you presented your bill, and you, I've heard you talk about it, you've done a really good job talking about how it's not just getting students through classrooms as just, you know, learners there to absorb information, but it's really about the holistic approach to how we handle students and learning um, with the homework starts at home, the school link mental health, all of these things. So, you know, you have a really great approach to thinking about how we handle our education system, and I really appreciate that about you and your leadership what do you see as kind of in that perspective, some of the wins we got or, you know, what are you hearing from people outside of the Capitol? Um, you know, how are people feeling about the, the, the bill that we're going to have, you know, that will hopefully be signed into law and um, will be our budget that will guide our, our state? But I mean, how are you hearing people's voices reflected in that and what we're hearing now? You know, I'm hearing uh, appreciation for the, the base funding that we provided. That is taking a step towards stabilizing our schools. What stabilizing our schools means is when that child leaves school this spring, they can know that those teachers and staff in the school will be there again in the fall, the ones they have relationships with. And relationships, of course, are key in education. It means the programs, whether it's it's a, a school-linked mental health or, or other programs that, to support it, child or after school programs so that they can explore uh, and discover new things after school, those programs will still be there in the fall because we've provided sufficient base funding. We need to go further, but we've, we've provided that, uh, and that will lead into a conversation that Governor Walls is proposing on looking at the totality of school funding. What do we need to do to bring that up to 2019 or, or 2020 standards here in Minnesota? But, Representative Olson, you're right. School-linked mental health is in the Health and Human Services Bill. 
uh, the Homework Starts at Home program that you just referenced supports students and their families experiencing homelessness because we know that that's devastating on their uh, personal development, the holistic approach you're talking about, as well as academically. And can you just remind our listeners real quick what those two programs do and why those are so important? Sure. The home, the Homework Starts at Home, as I said, uh, supports families experiencing homelessness by providing them with rent stabilization money. What we know, it's, it's common sense. Kids thrive best when they're in a stable environment. And so helping the most vulnerable, the most fragile, really helps support their, their schooling and their development. The School-linked mental health provides funding for grants for mental health providers in communities to have space in the school and see kids uh, right there in the school. It makes it so much easier for parents and children because mom or dad doesn't have to take time off from work. They don't need to find transportation to the school. They don't need to pick their kid up, then get them to a, a mental health clinic. They just send their child to school that day and the child gets the services that they need there. And importantly, as, as I tried to reference, it allows that therapist to work with the student's teachers so they understand what's going on with little Jimmy, what to watch for, and how to better support him. That's key. That's great. And we had a number of these provisions in our House Files 1 and 2, our very first two bills that we put out as a caucus in our, in our top 10 bills because we were uh, wanted to demonstrate how focused we were on education and how much it matters to the caucus. And it sounds like we got some really big wins out of those bills. Some, some key things, absolutely, as well as some other provisions for uh, increasing teachers of color in the classroom, uh, supporting some of our, our immigrant and refugee students to be able to complete high school even when they came to this country a little older and maybe with uh, interrupted education in the, the countries that they are, are fleeing. You know, a number of great provisions on kind of that equity level of how do we make sure that all Minnesota kids succeed. We were able to push for those and, and win. And early childhood, too. We had some big accomplishments, right? Well, there were 4,000 little kids who were facing not having access to high-quality pre-kindergarten programs across the state if the Senate bill had prevailed. Again, with the, working with the governor, we secured those 4,000 places for little kids in high-quality programs in 80 districts across the state. Uh, you, we've had all of our top 10 bill authors here, and it is every time I hear something described, it's like, this is the state I want to live in. Like, even if we don't arrive there exactly, you know, right now we had to negotiate with the Senate, and I'm sure you had some very disappointing days. <laughs> um, but, you know, the vision of where we're going and what you set out with, with what you proposed at the beginning of session is really inspiring. And we had a lot of wins, and mm -hmm. we've, we've said we're charting a course, and we're not going back. Um, and so even hearing you talk about the wins we did get and telling us about where we need to get to is, I think, really inspiring and really something that Minnesotans can get behind because we do value education and we value taking care of one another. And you've done such a great job describing that with how you've approached education this session. So um, I think this is a fitting last special edition episode to focus on education. Absolutely. And so we, we covered all the top 10 bills and we just ran through some of the education wins that we got. We had two wins on two other of our top 10 bills. We didn't get them all done, right? We set out our vision for what we want Minnesota to look like, and we're still pushing for it. Uh, but we did get two big wins. We got $40 million for broadband, and we got an amazing wage theft bill, mm -hmm. um, which are, are important wins. So 
how how do you feel about uh, how we did on our top 10 list? That has to be pretty good. I mean, you and I, Jamie, are actually new, but, you know, Chair Davney's been around a while. I mean, to put out 10 bills and have that kind of success on a very visionary pieces of legislation is, is pretty inspiring. I mean, would you agree, having been here a while? Absolutely. And, and you know, we're not done. We're, we're coming back next year and scrapping and fighting and planning and strategizing uh, to move more things next year. We had Chair Eklund talking about how important broadband is to greater Minnesota on our podcast. And we had Chair Mahoney talking about the wage theft bill, um, which he's described to us as the strongest uh, wage theft law in the country that we passed right now. It includes new enforcement authority, includes new funding for wage theft, includes notices to workers so that they're actually going to be told on the front end what their pay is and um, what they should expect so they can look out and see whether they're being cheated uh, on the job. So that's that's pretty important. But uh, I'm curious, Chair Dabney, if you had any wins outside of education this session that uh, you or other caucus members get that stick out to you. You know, uh, Jamie, I, I just got notice from the governor's office that he signed my bill dealing with racially restrictive covenants into law. These are historic they're, they don't have any uh, place in law, but they're covenants on your real estate, on your home, that say people of color can't live there. And they're an issue across the state. They are a moral injury to the homeowner when you look at your deed and you find them there. And we're now going to be probably the only the second state in the nation that provides homeowners with a way to respond to those covenants. That's awesome. I'm, I was so glad that you fought for this. That was the first bill we took up this session, wasn't it? It it was the first bill the House took up and was passed by the Senate in one of the last days of the regular <laughs> session. When I was door knocking, I had a constituent uh, tell me that they had just looked at their deed the other week and had found a covenant. Um, they were a person of color, and they were so offended, and they were asking me what they could do about it. And so now we've actually given them something to do. You've got an answer. And I think that is what is super heartening for me this session, too, is when even uh, – that Representative Mahoney was talking about the wage theft victory today and how it is the best law in the nation or strongest, that he was talking about it, that it's because people organized, that we mm -hmm. had people of color, we had labor groups, we had a lot of people that were working together because this impacts so many. And I think if you look at the key wins that we had this year, whether it was, you know, keeping the provider tax, it was because groups, hundreds of groups came together, you know, people across the state. It's when, you know, legislators don't legislate in a vacuum. We do it best when we do it with the voice of the people at the center. And I think that's why our top 10 bills were so successful is because they were created by people. We worked with people to get them passed. And it's really about benefiting people. I don't think you go back from that. I mean, we're, we're moving ahead when we're moving with Minnesotans. Absolutely. So I'll give two of my quick examples from some things I was excited about from the session. So one was the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Task Force that yes. we got done, which was Representative Mary Kunesh Podine's bill. And Liz, to your point, there was such a powerful group of folks who came to the Capitol to talk about that and to share their really heart-wrenching stories about, about that issue. And I have to give a shout out to Lieutenant Governor Flanagan because she was one of the early adopters of the Minnesota Values Plan. Like she was part of creating it with us. And her voice at the table through all of this has been incredibly important in the MFIB increase, the first time mm -hmm. the Minnesota Family Investment Program has been raised um, since 1986. And that was because she has been at the table and been a fierce advocate for that. So having the right people at the table makes a difference too. Over 30 years since, since the Minnesota Family Investment Plan's uh, 
basic monthly stipend has been increased. That's, That's a huge victory for, for folks who need us mm-hmm. to, to win. That's right. So want to ask, too, there were some bills that we didn't get done this session, and but we made a lot of progress, and we got, I think, some uh, amazing rallies and activism and engagement here. And so just wanted to ask both of you what was an example of a bill or a movement or an issue that caught attention this year that set us up well for passing it in the future. You know, uh, just Tuesday, I uh, got to speak at a rally here in the Capitol Rotunda on saving the Boundary Waters. And that's an issue that crosses from the federal government, people like Representative Betty McCollum leading on that courageously, to the state government. And I'm finding a lot more constituents talking to their state legislator about the value they place on wilderness, the value they place on access to that wilderness, and the desire that we step up and work on protecting that place. And I would say one of the things that kind of just came up for our caucus was the pharmaceuticals and the cost of prescription drugs uh, really became a focal point with, you know, so many news stories and so many people organizing and some really tragic uh, events happening with people rationing insulin and really coming to the Capitol and raising their voice. And unfortunately, that didn't get done. The Senate just had no appetite for that. So I think the people are more hungry and will come back and we'll be looking to do more around prescription drugs. Absolutely. So I've got two. First is the driver's license for all issue. I think that was one of the most powerful votes I think we had on the House floor. We had folks camped out day and night for the last week, pushing so hard, pouring their heart and soul into that issue. And I think we moved a lot of hearts on that. And I think we are going to get that done sooner than later. And the second I'm going to raise is 100% clean energy, moving on climate issues. That was a a bill that I carried this session and uh, the governor led on. We uh, Today, even though we didn't get where we wanted to get, there were 100 high school students who organized themselves to come out to the steps of the Capitol, and and they weren't uh, deterred. They knew that we were going to do it. Uh, they knew it wasn't necessarily going to get done in a year, and that you know compounds on all the different times they'd been up here before. So I think that was a, a pretty exciting moment. You know, Jamie, you, you talk about high schoolers on the Capitol steps, and we often talk about, well, developing the next generation of leaders. But when I look at things like climate change and gender equity and gun violence prevention, it's about these young people leading today. They're not waiting to be the next generation. Mm -hmm. We we can't push them back and tell them, oh, no, 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 you got to wait. They're leading now, and it's inspiring. Absolutely. Well, uh, so we got some good things done, bottom line, and uh, some victories with our top 10 bills. We have more work to do. And so before we wrap, the thing we ask everybody What is one interesting fact about Jim Daphne that people may not know? Well, I oh, that's, <laughs> we had like twenty minutes. So, so, so uh, I was once trained, uh, certified as a scuba diver. That's it, a good one. It 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 didn't go well. <laughs> How does it <laughs> but, not go but, uh, well, Jim? <laughs> um, w- w- when when you run out of uh, air in your tank about thirty feet down in the water. Oh no! That's that that's my definition of not going yeah, well. That's not going so, well. So, uh, I I haven't done much since, but you know, it it was worth a try. Well, it's a good skill to have in your back pocket. (laughs) Yes, there you go. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us, our special edition uh, podcast. Really appreciate having you on. Thanks for the opportunity. Glad to be here. Well, Liz, this has been fun. So we got to come back for our special edition, and uh, hopefully we'll come back next year, maybe sooner. Who knows? Yeah. So stay tuned, podcast listeners, and it's been a pleasure. And make sure you subscribe so you can find out when the next podcast comes your way. 